Hi, this is Derek Harp, the founder and chairman of CSA and the host of the CSA podcast show. And today I've got a special guest uh, calling in uh, from Brussels. Uh, I've got Olivier de Vischer, who is the current head of railway industrial cybersecurity at the Explio Group. We're real excited to have you on the on the show, Olivier. Uh, we are focused. We are beginning on May 17th. We'll be focused on a number of uh, events and seminars, but also some podcast episodes, I hope, around transportation. Obviously, you know, railway fits right within that. And when you and I met and talked, uh, I realized that you've got some unique experience uh, uh, on the railway system, but other other industrial applications as well. I know from your background, a long, long history, 25 years in, in IT and technology. But let's, you know, I think we'll dive in. I'd like you to introduce yourself. But then let's dive into sort of you know the the railway cybersecurity as a, as one of one of the areas you you have a lot of focus on these days. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Derek. Thank you very much for having me here uh, with you. Um, so yeah, my background is is uh, is indeed uh, uh, pure IT for quite a, a lot of time, going through various environments, and about ten years time yeah, as as a normal. Uh, I would say a uh, career path. I moved to dedicate myself to cybersecurity and especially cybersecurity for the industrial sector. You know that we have a lot of uh, IT folks that know very well cybersecurity for all the data protection and all the, the, the information systems. Uh, but we definitely need help in, in the industrial sector where, you know, people are really needed to support the cybersecurity on, on those, uh, those assets. So I've been starting uh, working for ArcelorMittal and and helping the R&D R and the uh, uh, guys just to make sure that you know we protect the environment because those guys are uh, you know are traveling everywhere in the world with laptops and so data are very important to be protected there. And then I moved from uh, from that to support the railway uh, for a couple of years, and I also been there as a chief information security officer for one of the Belgian infrastructure manager uh, on the railway. And then I supported also as a chair, and then as a co-chair, and then as a as a facilitator. Uh, the, the platform for our European cybersecurity for railway. So basically having all the, the CISOs in Europe all together to try to deep dive in some topics in cybersecurity, understanding the context, the threat landscape for the railway. And then, uh, yes, I've also been involved to uh, biopharma cybersecurity. Uh, and, and today I'm part of, a, of an engineering company uh, that covers railway, automotive, aviation, uh, and so, because we have plenty of uh, engineers now, I'm actually heading the cybersecurity expertise center to basically develop the practice to the engineers. And also, I'm heading the uh, railway expertise center for, uh, for, for, uh, uh, let's say for many customers that we have. And we basically are now working quite a lot into the, the new standardization of, of, uh, the, the cybersecurity uh, for railway. Well, I, you know, and that's obviously so perfect for sort of our focus on transportation. I realized, I realized as we, you know, we were talking uh, before today that OT cybersecurity, you're the practice lead for that. So, you know, there's broad application, but did you have this specialty in, in, in rail? And so I'm curious, can we talk about how that came up? I mean, obviously there's so many places and we've had lots of events in energy over the years, you know, gas and oil and manufacturing, and it makes, you know, those are all sort of logical. I think gas and oil, I would argue energy was maybe one of the early sectors to get more mature than maybe other sectors. But today we look at 19 different sectors and say, boy, if there's pumps or valves or actuators or moving parts, it's, you know, it's in this control system sort of space and there's a cybersecurity issue. And rails, you know, it's just one slice of transportation, but it's a big one. And it's a big one in Europe. I mean, 
not to say we don't have trains here, you know, where I live in the United States, we know that the train, uh, you know, infrastructure, the rail infrastructure is very significant in other parts of the world and in your part of the world. Um, what led you to, you know, sort of have this specialization and, you know, be the, the head of the railway industrial cybersecurity for your practice? Yeah, well, actually, you know, it all it, it all came to me, uh, I think, when when I was actually working in, in the railway sector in Belgium as a as a security uh, lead there and then the size. So I, I realized that very much uh, all the concern I had in cybersecurity because of the way that railway is very much regulated, such as you can see in the aerospace as well, I, I find it very difficult to apply all the cybersecurity principles because of the way that all the assets are regulated. You know, you do one change, it has a lot of impact. And, you know, and also you, we were a lot depending from the industry itself. You know, so there is a lot of products out there in the railway system that basically have to go through certification because they are safety related or because they are basically designed by, uh, by, by the, the supply chain. So we basically have to discuss to a lot of stakeholders to understand what we are do, what we can do, what is our ability and so forth and so on. But also at the time where, you know, we started to have uh, two terrorist attack in, in, in Belgium, in, in Zaventen airport and, and Malbec uh, tube. Uh, it was a time where actually I've been asked by the authority to develop a plan. And at the time we didn't have so much regulation or standard in cybersecurity to basically cover the needs of better, you know, protecting our assets. So we basically rely on more on ISO 27 and, you know, the classical uh, IT standards where they were not really uh, really up to, to the job for, for the industrial uh, system that we had. And also railway is very specific in a way that we have Okay, we still have systems that are kind of uh, different uh, because they are very specific for railway. You don't find the system in any other sector, so they are really produced for railway. But the mentality and the principle around, you know, securing those systems are the same that you can find in the whole transport sector, whether you're maritime, aviation, uh, even manufacturing, you know, we have the same principle. So what we decided to do at the time is to basically work on one of the standards, which is IEC 6243, cyber security standard for manufacturing. Although, what we, we really decided to, to, to focus on when I started to talk to the other countries, CISO, you know, and because the good thing is because we are so much standardized, everybody's actually following the same thing. So basically the way that you operate and maintain your asset, everybody's doing roughly the same in Europe, you know, and even in the US or elsewhere. And elsewhere. So basically what I, I thought that it was a good idea is to create this platform of communication and exchange between the the various organization of railway and, and to really discuss further what we could do to have something that we understand, something that is really, I would say, not specific for railway, but translated uh, with the railway vocabulary, you know, all the principles that we have with the automatic braking uh, system, ETCS level one, level two, uh, the running stock systems, you know, the signaling system, and even the urban systems. So they are really specific for railway, having the safety engineering to understand properly what the standard means to them, you know, having the vocabulary that is adapted from manufacturing to railway so that we help integrating basically the, the standard to 
very close to the engineers because it used to be always IT leading, you know, with ISO and stuff. But now we're talking about not having the same pace of update and vulnerability management for those internal systems. We're talking about systems that are very sensitive to change, very sensitive to the time of response, you know. And so because of that, we use the, 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 the manufacturing standard and the industry decided to work on a technical specification that closely relates to uh, 6243, but the TS-5701 is really a technical standard that for the last two years has been very well matching a vocabulary close to the engineer so that the safety engineer or the normal engineer would better understand how is it that I would you know, implement in the V-cycle all the various elements of cybersecurity from design to implementation to VNV and better understand and also ease the implementation of those uh, cybersecurity requirements to, uh, to the railway. Now, this that, that is... Is yes. TS-5701 uh, railway-specific, Olivier? It is indeed, yes. The TS-5701 is a, is a technical specification uh, where, uh, which has been led by Alstom. Uh, Alstom has led that uh, together with all the supply chain and also a lot of actors in the railway. They led the team of 48 like more organization to, to develop cybersecurity. Now we, we have about 78 members coming from Austria, coming from France, uh, UK, Japan, Luxembourg. We got a lot of organization supporting the development of that for the last two years. Uh, so like 79 experts today are still there to make that standard more adapted to the railway and moving from a technical specification to a real IAC brand new standard for a railway. And, and why is this is very important is because of course, we don't want to have another extra layer of requirement and standard next to all of those that we have in the railway. Okay. So what we try to do is to basically simply take the one that we have for cybersecurity manufacturing, adapt it with the context of railway, the vocabulary procedure. And today we are now launching the PT63452. And that is also an IEC context. It's a working group where Explore is also part of it. Now we're supporting development of uh, that new standard. And why is it so important? Because today, wherever you look at in aviation, in uh, maritime, in the old transport sector, you know, even on the, on the whole, uh, on the, on the road uh, transportation, we have a, a difficulty to make the safety engineer talking to, 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 uh, basically cyber security guys. Okay. So in railway, we have the EN 5126. Which talk about RAMs, which talk about security, rational and so on, cyber security case on the safety aspect. We want now the safety engineer to be able to easily understand the impact on cyber security so that we have the seal level aligned with the security level. And that's really the core business of the TS5701 to move to the PT uh, standard group of Centenec, where today, right now, we focus on making safety more Understood by the, by, uh, by the cybersecurity guys and the cybersecurity understood by safety. So they work together. And the second real more focus on that, that really, uh, new standard would be to focus on the operational maintenance because today it's complex to understand 
what does it mean you know to maintain through the next 20 years all the railway assets you know such as the ATO the uh, ERBC you know all the the very very specific assets of railway how do we actually maintain cybersecurity knowing that vulnerability and patch management are very much of a concern because you you cannot just refresh the system as it goes and how do we protect sensitive data how do we operate and administrate security you know like threat monitoring threat detection because the trains are moving all the time right so all of those questions will be addressed with a better close uh, to the ground and to the operation uh, type of documentation, such as procedure, templates, everything will be documented. So this is the first time I think that a standard will be so close to the engineer that it will ease the implementation to, to their uh, V-cycle and day-to-day operations. That's awesome. I'm always curious about the, the software side of things, getting human beings to adopt something new. So you're talking about make, taking things closer and closer to something that's basically workable and usable at the huge step. But then you still have to have human beings uh, maybe willing to make some changes. Um, we've seen in different industries that varies widely uh, as far as people's willingness and readiness to to embrace this. This has a huge safety uh, safety piece. You know, what is the culture change required, uh, and, and is that underway? Yeah, I mean, the culture change is that you know today, uh, every time you talk to, uh, to 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 everyone concerned about the risk on basically on the individual, you know, that taking the trains, obviously, you know, one of the main risks is the life of the people. We want to make sure that, you know, everybody has a safe journey, taking the train, going from A to Z. But the thing is, the culture change is that today, everybody still today are, uh, I mean, a lot of people still today are thinking that, you know, there is an attack, there is cyber attack to one of the assets, whether it's on the main line signaling or on the ribbon or on the running stock. They definitely are really feeling confident that no matter what happens, because the fact that my system is still four, still free, whatever happens is that the system will actually break and fall. It will not, it will just fail safe. So that basically it will stop working and will not injure people. Right. But the thing is, cybersecurity is so complex today. The risk needs to be reevaluated so that on the actual hazard lock, when you actually look at the, the various potential scenario that could happen there and injure life in such a level that you could injure people or kill people, the cybersecurity approach there with all the new technologies and, and the evolution of threats needs to be taken into account next to the engineers. He has to understand sitting with a cybersecurity guy and work together to really adapt this hazard lock. And that is really the, the, the culture change. You need to convince, you need to realize some soft cases that have a safety impact, and you need to demonstrate to the community, to the safety guys, that indeed, you know, we have to work together because ch- things are changing and we don't want to have one case because if you have one case somewhere in the world, we are so much standardized that you need to make sure that we have all the information and all the layout of security around the table to make sure that in your area, in your specific organization, that incident will not happen, to, will not have the same impact on you because we have different layouts in different countries. And so this is the cultural change. It's really to make sure that, you know, in the safety aspect, in the safety case, we integrate cybersecurity. All together with a cybersecurity expert, we basically improve the today's uh, safety case that we have to be more resilient to cybersecurity threats. You know, it's interesting as you were talking, I was thinking about um, about a well-publicized pipeline uh, incident uh, in in recent uh, recent years, and it wasn't an attack 
on the operating technology, but it was on attack on a company that had operating technology. And because it was so disruptive or or they didn't have enough transparency, but for whatever reason, there was an abundance of caution. They turned off the control system to great effect. Fuel, fuel stations ran out on our East Coast and that sort of thing. And I, I don't know what the total cost was, but it was a big number of how many people were affected by their, their having to do that. Your, your systems are the same too. If we put safety aside, super critical and like you said fail to save and all these sorts of things that are that are you know that are part of the the DNA reduction of availability is a big deal too right and there could absolutely, be absolutely yeah you you're absolutely right Derek i mean uh, in europe and uh, it happens elsewhere as well outside europe i mean we've done a lot of threat analysis and uh, we've noticed that indeed uh, some of the key scenarios is Basically, because, you know, you cannot protect to, against everything, especially when the, the threats are quite uh, high high level. So in terms of business continuity uh, and in terms of risk management, what happened is that most of the of the uh, uh, of the security measure was actually to make the train uh, and traffic on some regions or the, the whole country to be actually uh, moving to a, to a, a, what we say in France, like a walk path uh, of, of pace. So that basically the train is actually circulating uh, at the same speed as you could walk on the streets, you know, because that was the safest way that we are sure while we're doing the analysis that, uh, you know, that we, we, we ensure that there is no risk because we have, we have no idea the impact of the system is, uh, uh, you know, it's like protecting by obscurity, meaning that the system are so, you know, we have a lot of legacy system. The impact could be, I mean, to, to be investigated actually. And, uh, and sometimes indeed we, we have seen the case in Europe where, uh, some operators had to actually shut down and actually the provider of the system had to shut down the servers. The application was not available on the, on the mobile app. And because it had an impact on, on TCMS or any traffic management system, we basically took the decision. It's been taken decision to ever shut the traffic for some regions or making the train going slow speed, you know, very low speed. So yeah, today overall in the world and the railway, but also the sector, we are not sure on the impact on, on cyber security threats, right? So we, we work on Mitra attack. We're looking at the, you know, the cyber kill chain, but still asset management is a really key to, to really understand the impact on, on the OT world and especially on the systems. So, you know, how are they connected? How are they exposed to internet? Uh, how do we do if they are compromised? You know, what type of compromisation is, is an issue? Those are still today part of the threat landscape that we're trying to get more and more information about. Yeah. It's, uh, you, you talk about the technology that's out there and the age of it. Is it the same? I have friends, you know, doing auditing manufacturing, and one told me recently that he's still running into Windows 3. stuff, you know, 3.x, uh, very, you know, uh, operating systems uh, you know, out there. And certainly Windows XP out there, you know, the, there's just a bunch. The tech refresh rate is, is, you know, has historically been quite long, you know, versus traditional IT, which might be three or four year turnover. What is the, in, in such a highly regulated and, and safety conscious culture of rails, is there ancient technology still in play or, you know, is the tech refresh, re refresh rate better than maybe some of the other industrial verticals? Yeah, you're right. I mean, there is still a lot of technology that are, uh, I would say, uh, that needs to be upgraded, right? So we have telecom technology that needs to be upgraded. We have a safety system that needs to be upgraded to the new version. And the thing is, the way that it takes to, I mean, the pace and the effort it takes to upgrade it is phenomenal. Why? Uh, simply because 
it's like a spaghetti thing, you know, you, you just plug one cable and you get a lot of things behind the scene that is connected to it. You need also to upgrade. And so you need to be careful about the changes. And, you know, so, so it goes really through a careful state of uh, change management. And also today, you don't have choice than to add extra layers of systems that are brand new and high tech, you know, like uh, that we use for, uh, you know, uh, for example, for predictive maintenance, we use brand new technology. You have ChatGPT. GPT, you have artificial intelligence, we have a lot of brand new technology coming to play, we have 5G, and you need to actually make sure that those brand new digital technology are actually safe and secure, but you also have to plug them into the kind of brownfield environment where, you know, you have people who are managing still old systems and they are not so easy to adapt and to communicate with brand new technology. So yes, we still have a lot of legacy system because it takes time to change the whole ecosystem, so we do it gradually, but uh, uh, fortunately we have a lot of very good guys in Europe working on research to, to, to look at what is the potential of those systems to actually, you know, decommission them and replace them with brand new systems. So it, it will take time. In the meantime, there is no way that to think about, you know, exporting the cybersecurity uh, around the system that are, uh, you know, connected to those legacy systems, right? So we try to do like a, you know, like a defense in depth approach where we say, okay, we cannot apply some of the requirement coming from the standard to two systems. Let's export it to the subsystem or the other system connected to it. Let's work on the periphery as well, you know. And, and this is the, it is a way today that is the most efficient way to, to tackle legacy system in, in, in the railway sector. But we do have a lot indeed, uh, railway legacy system as well as communication and, and protocol to 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 uh to to take care yeah yeah well um i know we're uh you'll be uh, uh talking um with us during one of our events uh coming up this summer i'm looking forward to that and we can get into this further is there anything else that uh people that are you know just sort of getting into looking at, at, at rails and maybe they're from other industries as well that you know i, I think there's you maybe have already shared there's some things they could look at you know you're mapping to other standards i know that's going on in other areas is there anything else that you would you would say you think is is going uniquely well uh, that people might be able to emulate or follow uh, or learn from this particular vertical, if you will. Yeah, I think I think um, uh, one of the aspects that is getting very well is that in the world today, I mean, if I'm really trying to, I mean, basically what I try to do is to get the diligence out there, you know, on the market to see what people do, how they're progressing, translating that into a common knowledge for the transport sector as a whole, because I don't want to be real specific, to be honest. Uh, I think transport sector is really having the same challenges, uh, no matter you, you're dealing with uh, aviation, maritime, you know, uh, also urban. I think really that we have a path to commonly agree and work together on, and that's why I, I find your, uh, uh, your, uh, your seminar very, very important. I think that really uh, we can get a lot of folks together because we are definitely lacking of resources to, you know, having an understanding of the engineering world and cybersecurity together. And I think really having your platforms and platform like like people getting together on the transport sector definitely help. Also, we are connecting to energy as well, surely. But definitely, if we can get this audience together, you will see that I'm talking about a railway-specific uh, standard, but definitely matches the 
the the foundational uh, uh, way of working and requirement from the other uh, from the other sector using 6243. And I think really what goes very well is the fact that we're starting to exchange more and more. People are more willing to share, which was not the case two years ago, to be honest. I think that needs to be promoted. I think that people need to understand people who are not from cybersecurity, people who are not from IT. I'm talking about the folks, you know, from legal, the folks from, from the management aspect. They don't have to be afraid that we share more because we're actually getting quicker to the space and to the to, to the level where we want to go. And, and what I would also suggest that I would share with you next time is, is the way that we engage cybersecurity within the process of the company and, and whether you're a railway operator, whether you're even an energy company or you're an aerospace company, because today recruiting is really, really tough in, in this world. And I think upskilling of the engineering cybersecurity is really something I'm working on right now heavily with Internal Academy at XPO, return of experience, sharing and platform, uh, and so on. And this is really something I will share coming from the standard to the implementation of the standard to the team, and then uh, having some education and upskilling and sharing practice. So that really is something that I will share with you next time uh, that we meet again. That's awesome. I love all those themes. They're near and dear to our nonprofit's heart is bringing everybody together, bringing all the stakeholders together from, from like you said, lots of different you know, parts of the ecosystem. It doesn't rely on just one group to make this thing work. And uh, so, um, yeah, mu music to my ears. I look forward to that. And uh, thank you very much. I'm just wrapping up with Olivier DeVisher, who is the head of railway industrial cybersecurity and the OT cybersecurity practice lead for Explio Group uh, out, of, uh, out of Brussels. So thank you, Olivier, for coming today and, and sharing uh, some commentary and uh, look forward to doing a, a full, full event with you, uh, you know, sometime this summer. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, Eric. Very nice to, to, to be welcome here. And I will look forward to the other session you do because I'm also learning from, from the guys that will share with you. So thank you very much for everything. Take care. Good night. Bye, Olivia. Thank you. Bye-bye.